Macy's Backstage has everything to help you get a fresh start, including active gear from brands you love. Reebok, Fila, K-Swiss, and more. Hurry in and find the best booties of the season, starting at $19.99. And pamper yourself. Bring the spa home with fragrant candles, aroma diffusers, even salt lamps, starting at just $5.99. Best of all, look for incredible markdowns in every department all month long. Macy's Backstage. Off price, on trend, arriving daily. Find your store at Macy'sBackstage.com. for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. One of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for Real People, Real Topics, Real Talk. Let's Face It. 
ay, 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 ay. Is Wednesday, July the what twentieth, two thousand and sixteen, and we are still having some issues. Oh my gosh! Um, welcome everybody. We have um, a lot going on in the studio. I apologize for the technical difficulties. I'm still trying to get some things worked out here in the studio, but um, my track of the week. You know, we always start with my track of the week, and this was actually suggested by one of my co-hosts. Tonight, um, Mr. Nathan Whitfield, he thought because, Nate, well, you know what, why did you think this song was appropriate? Because I actually didn't even remember the song, but you you, you brought it to my remembrance. Why did you think this song was appropriate? <laughs> One, because just because of the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on now. And just to, because it was a time when men got together and wrote a song, sung a song and produced a song and did very well. So I thought it would be befitting for the show tonight with it in lieu of everything that is going on. Okay. All right. Um, and the song is Black Men United. Black Men United. You will know. You will and know. And it's from Jason's Lyrics. Jason's CD. Lyrics. Yes. Yeah. All right. We'll Black right men united. Black men united. We'll be right back.
Every child needs a place. A place to call home. To call home. Every child needs a place. Where they can grow up healthy. And learn. And be safe. Safe. A place where they can play. And dream. And plan for their future. In the Habitat House, my parents helped build. In the Habitat House, my daddy helped build. My parents. My mommy. My mom and daddy. I study. I grow. I learn. I live. A house. A house. A house. A chance. A future. A house. A chance. A future. Are all in your hands. Your support can help. Put a decent roof. Over the heads of a family like mine. Like mine. Like mine. To learn how you can help, visit Habitat.org. You're listening, let's face it, to one of the hottest talk radio shows on the web. Are you looking for more exposure for your brand, product, event, or special story? Let's Face It Radio is the place for you. We're also seeking guest experts specializing in sex and relationships, health and wellness, politics, law, spirituality, and religion, just to name a few. Looking for low-cost marketing opportunities? We'll look no further. We offer multiple advertising campaigns via website ads or audio commercial opportunities played live during the show. Visit www.letsfaceitradio.com and complete the appropriate contact form for more information. You're listening. Let's face it. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage blindness, heart attack, stroke, and you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. You're now listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Face It. We're back in the studio again yes, yes. with my co-host. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you. Um, we're going to first start with ladies first. Hey. Miss Rhonda Aaron. Ladies first. Yes. Ladies first. Tell everybody how fabulous you are. Listen, you know, I am um, fabulous. Please look it up in the dictionary because <laughs> my picture is right there smiling. So I'm Rhonda Arrington. I am a media extraordinaire, as I'd like to at least yes. think to myself. I am a talk show co-host. I have been an on-air personality for a local um, program here in the Hampton Roads area. What's the name of it? Um, it was uh, The Face of Fox 43. Okay. And I did that for a year, and I worked with Wavy and, and Fox in our local area, doing many programs with them. I had my own segment, Ronda Round Town. Um, I also tell a little joke every now and then, trying to make you laugh. And um, actually, coming up, I have a show coming up, a Kingdom Comedy show, and we'll get into that a little bit later about yeah. the show. Yeah. And I'm on this new up-and-coming, in-your-face, help-you-stop-playing-your-face yeah. show called The Rules. The Rules. The Rules. And it comes on Sky 4 every Monday morning at 5 o'clock with the crust in your eye, a little in ours <laughs> as well. And um, we absolutely love it. And, you know, I'm excited Let's face it, let's you know, let's face it, let's face it. Woo! it, it it's like time to talk about it. I try, I try, yeah. I try. <laughs> and Mr. Nate Whitfield, now you, 
This is not who y'all think it is. Go it ahead. is. It's, it's everybody. Whatever you th- thought about me, it's me. <laughs> but I'm glad to be here. I am the other half of Let's Face It. The don't do it. Brand. Don't do it. Okay. I am the better half. Okay. I'm the unprofessional half. There you I am go. The better half. Come okay. on. Um, but I am happy to be here. I've done the radio with Will before. But I'm glad to be here to tell my side of the story. Yes, we're not going to have time because for that this evening. No, it, no, Nikki told me <laughs> that I would be able to tell my side of the story. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let, let, let's let's start. It's a lot going on in the news. You know, we were yes. all sharing things that we had to do. Um, and we have a few minutes before our first guest call in. But I want to start with this one because she's in the field that I want to go into Tamron Hall. Yes, yes. I love Tamron. She yes. got she socked it to Mr. Scott. Come on she now. gathered him together. Yes, she, she gathered, gathered him, him together. together. Charles is no longer in charge. Yes. Come on. But you know what? I want to let them hear it because yes, um please. Let me see if I can get this started. Scott Bayo joins me now here in Cleveland. Scott, thank you for your We're not gonna start that. We're gonna start with three thirty. Let her set it up. Yes. Everything in this country. Let's talk about your speech. I know you said you went to church and you've talked about your religion. One of the things that caught my eye was this tweet that you sent out July 10th, a photo of Hillary Clinton standing in front of the word count. Mm-hmm. Uh, the O is blocking. So it appears that she is standing in front of the C word. Right. Did you think about that in church when just you tweeted it out? That's just offered up without commentary. I just That was just put yeah, up. But there you, was know a what it, you know what it meant when you tweeted it out. I just put it, it up there. I guess you I'm asking, you know, you're writing your split. speech in church, you talk about religion coming back, coming back to this country and us right. having a moral barometer. Where was your moral compass when you put a photo of a woman that you disagree with politically, and that's right. fine. But when Tamar, you, you can look at that, it any way you want. I, it's, it's the word yeah. count. That's what she's standing in front of. I just put it up yeah. there. It's, okay. I, there's no commentary attached yeah. to it. I didn't call her anything. And the fact that you question my, my faith no, by I'm saying not, I'm, I'm putting up a you, picture yeah. is I'm just not asking, nice. Well, you question others' faith. When you Who's say that we, well, when you say we need to bring back religion, implying that somehow the moral compass for people that you don't even know is shaped. But let me throow this out to you. Um, yes, honey. 2010, you tweeted out an unflattering image of Michelle Obama with the caption, wow, he wakes up to this every morning. Last night, last night, clearly some people agree with you. But last night, I went on social media to see what you were saying about your speech, and I realized that you blocked me. Why did you block me from social media? I'm just curious. That, oh, might, that, might have been, that might have been yeah. a mistake. mistake. Oh, okay. I, I wouldn't have blocked you. I, uh, that might okay. have been a mistake. Well, it's okay if you do, but I was wondering no, if it was because I, of the that, Michelle Obama tweet. It was a Obama mistake. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Okay. I'm not afraid of anybody. Right. That tweet was a joke. I'm, Tamron, I'm, I'm a guy from Brooklyn. I have a certain sense of humor. I sit with my buddies and we smoke cigars. And we make jokes about... Does joking about a woman that way make America great again? Does that no, make it's America, a, it's, America it's, it's again? it's a joke about a woman yelling at her husband. We talk about, you know, oh, my wife yeah. did this. Oh, my wife is breaking my but chops today. that wasn't today. about your wife. That was but about the first lady. But we do it about lady. everybody's wife. I do it about my friend's wife. I do it about all politicians' wives. But you put it out wives. on social media. I guess so my what? point is, I, I, I agree with you. We should all want to be better people, to teach our children to be better Listen, people but but let me finish I, I agree with you you have to i'm not a parent but i see how this may or may not affect our divisiveness there are white people here hey black people here hey, hey. when we tweet things out that are so ugly and then we say nothing, oh it was a nothing joke to do with race i didn't say that yeah you think you said no, black I, people, I said we're all people together i said we are all I together agree. i do this for a living you can't chop my words up i'm telling you bam there I it do is this for a living. come on back up <laughs> 
She said, Rudy's she has, coming she for has me. a new fan. Exactly. She has Don't. a new fan. So, so who won at making their point? He looked kind of nervous. Well, I, I think it's obvious that Tamron made her point because, as she said, she does this for a living. Yeah. And, and Scott Bale, bless his heart, he hasn't been in charge. He wasn't even in charge on Charles sure in Charge. Thing. I didn't even remember from that. My you memory. know, that, that's it. You yeah. know, and in Chachi, he was just a, you know, a knockoff of yeah, Fonzie. Right. So, I mean, he's trying to. It's sad. It's arrogant, too, mm-hmm. though. It's arrogant that he thinks that he has a voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, she chopped him up and spit him out she did. with a smile. With if class. you can look at it, she was she's classy. smiling the entire time. <laughs> While he's sweating While and he's sweating. Ugh, yeah, yeah. Acting like me. But what's the most craziest part about this interview is when the interview started and she asked him about the... Um, Donald Trump's wife. What's her name? Melania. Her. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> she doesn't uh, have a name. And she said, "Do you feel she plagiarized?" And he was like, "Oh, it was just a play on words." Mm. So I wonder what he's saying today when the writer came That's out. That's right, and, and, and said, said "I'm that actually she wrote it. we did." Exactly. He's probably Tam- she'll find. Uh, she, she will. will. She will. Hey, she will. Hey. He'll but say it's I a race thing. He's gonna say is. that all bios matter. Exactly. What I love about Tamron is because you know she's on the Today Show. Yeah. Yes. And she is so witty. She's so fun. But then to see her in her element. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. what I love And she that. kept her cool. Exactly. She did. I remember you but asked me a question. You said, you, you texted me. Like, exactly. Can you could, keep your could cool? Could you keep your cool? And you know I couldn't keep I know my you cool. wouldn't be able to. You be done flip Rude. the desk that's over. It, that's it. That's it. I I can't. Can't. Nikki got to go to commercial. Go to commercial. <laughs> that's right. Go to commercial. She got to cut down Facebook Live. Someone yeah. to ask y'all, you know, when she's passionate about it. You can see she's passionate exactly. about it. That's right. He offended women on a large scale, mm-hmm. disrespected Hillary. So when you are faced with, you know, confrontation, can you keep your cool even if you're passionate about something? I think it depends who my audience is, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, whether or not I'll keep my cool. Uh Uh, If my children are watching because I want them to know how to respond properly, then I'm going to do. Y'all remember um, Carl Winslow, one, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? (laughs) I'm going to do something to calm myself down and then respond. But um on a regular basis, if I don't have an audience, if it's just me and another mm-hmm. adult, mm-hmm. then I cannot make a promise that exactly. Rhonda, the minister, will not yeah. be in the room. See, see, that's the problem. <laughs> I'm not a minister, She's gonna and leave. I know that I won't keep my code because I'm not professional. I'm mostly irrational, oh, okay. and I'm subpar at best. So oh, okay. <laughs> at best. At best. At best. Yeah. Okay, so I know I can't. If I'm really passionate about something, I, I can stay like this. Exactly. Like, I'm challenged this week, and I'm staying like this. But I know at any point, <laughs> it can go from here to but here. this is the key to it. This uh-huh. is the key to it. When you're in your element, uh-huh. and you know that you know that you know. That's right. Can't nobody really break you. She was unbreakable because at this point, she was telling him, okay, I respect your values. You That's respect right. mine. But at the same time, it's my show. It's my show. And, you know, I've heard that when you are the expert, you are the expert on what you know. Mm -hmm. And you never let anyone jack you up from being that expert. And she stayed there because it was more important for her to get her message across for people who don't read, people who don't know what's going on so they can hear what clear, confident information looks like. Black woman. That's right. Black woman. Black woman. Because I can't be up there with my head going. And she's like, uh-uh, this ain't Tamron. This is Tamronique. And I'm trying to let y'all know that he coming for me. Yeah. And rules for that. Is that. Exactly. That. Exactly. So he know now. He know now. <laughs> All right, our girl Kelly Price. Oh. As you yes. lay. She's saying, as you lay at the gospel. Let me, let me tell you something. In Kelly's defense, <laughs> in Kelly's defense, there's a lot of 
stuff going on, and then she's probably wanting to talk about the redemption. The redemption. After what she happened just didn't get a chance like, to get But no, to you know, I, I was, I'm a fan of her gospel album. Like, mm-hmm. I bought it. And Kelly it, got a gospel she album. She has yes. a gospel album. So Lord it's Jesus. here's the thing. She said her reason was originally she was supposed to perform mm-hmm. on another stage. Exactly. That, was, that was not gospel. Mm-hmm. That's great, but you have a gospel album, and you can sing. But I, I think what happened, y'all remember when her and Whitney Houston at the Grammy mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. were singing, I will mm-hmm. always love you. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she done had herself right since then. She see uh, poor Nippy every mm-hmm. time she she think about gospel so she couldn't do it. So okay. what what's the truth? Because I saw where the people released a statement. Then I saw Indiana, Kelly. Yeah. Kelly, like Kelly and her little, her. Her rant. Yeah, I wouldn't say her rant. Well, I Right here, she was saying that. She was asked to sing her music, mm-hmm. and that was her music. But so, it's, but if you then say you don't want to sing gospel, even though you're on a gospel stage, mm-hmm. why would you sing a song about adultery? Is that you what see, it's about? I, I have the understanding that. <laughs> wow, I have the understanding. So did she know it was gospel? She, I, she, she I knew that she when they switched. That, it. Oh, okay. She she was supposed to be in another part. She That's didn't right. know she was the opening act for the gospel segment. That's why. She's saying as we as we lay. Well, uh-huh. what what happened? She has she said that originally she was booked, so she's saying she was prepared to do one certain type of music, and mm-hmm. at the last minute they said, "Okay, girlfriend, we need to switch you up." Because I'm professional. I mean, it says, "Okay, well, listen, I'll do the gospel." Even if she didn't want to do all twelve tracks on her gospel album, mm-hmm. is it twelve? Uh-huh. Yeah, 12? and it's called, you know, um, "This Is Who I Am." Kelly exactly, Price. exactly. Even if she What's didn't, the song? give me a song. She got one it. song called "Heaven's Best." Uh-huh. I hold tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, yeah. What I, else? Uh, well, you can healing. stop that. He ain't. He don't know the secret. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I won't turn back. Exactly. And, but she turned back. She did, and I still ain't heard that CD. Okay. However, yeah, yeah. Both of y'all bought it though. I no, did. no, no! I didn't buy it. I've oh, heard okay. it before. Okay, so she I got one sale. It, but she okay. she got one sale. I, I, I know, bought it still my gospel house. Okay, well, I, I buy my pennies. I buy my worldly music and steal my gospel. Music. Okay. I don't have no morals. I understand. <laughs> the, the prayer line will open exactly. later. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Well, you know what? We have a guest getting ready to call in, Mister. Um, going to call in about the synthesis effect, John. Yes. 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 What, what is oh mm-hmm. he's going to call in on and, the main line yes on the main line tell him what you yes. want um mr john mcgrail he is he he created a concept called the synthesis mm-hmm. effect and it's basically how we can um live a better life through self-empowerment and he's going to call in to talk to us about his book that he has out um any second but you know i wanted just to keep the conversation going so your specialty is relationship yes okay oh, do you Lord. think <laughs> do you think exes can be friends uh absolutely not mm-hmm. um the only time i think that exes can be friends mm-hmm. is if there are children involved exactly. and that's the only time because you have to you mm-hmm. know i have my own little will and jada um and sheree situation going on we just don't have the money uh-huh. but um <laughs> you know so i think in that case uh-huh. that exes can be friends but um, using a term we use on the rules mm-hmm. once somebody has had cookie jar conversations yes. it's it's Awkward many, to be many, friends many times. with them. Right. many times. Uh-huh. You know, the lid never was shut. Yes, and so can't I think shut. you have to. Be, you mm-hmm. can't shut. Mm-hmm. You can't. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think that um, I I don't believe it's an appropriate or productive relationship mm-hmm. to have. What about you, Mister Whitfield? I do believe exes. Can I thought you be would. Friends. Oh, we're gonna have to stop you. Thank you, <laughs> Thank Jesus. Yes, Hallelujah. Because yes. I was about yes. to go in. <laughs> Hi, thank you for calling. Let's face it. Hello. Hi. Hi. Will. Hi, is this John? 
It sure is. Hi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Thank you so much. Um, we just wanted to start it. We were talking a little bit about the synthesis effect. We wanted to just give the people some background information about yourself. Okay. Well, I guess the easiest thing to say is I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and self-help expert based in Los Angeles. I've been in private practice for about 16 years now, and I've got uh, I've been uh, fortunate enough to build a worldwide clientele. I work with people around the globe helping them empower their lives in many, many ways across the spectrum of human behavior. I also do speaking engagements, workshops, and seminars, uh, teaching people the synthesis process and how easy and powerful it can be to change your life and create the life of your dreams rather than the one you thought you were stuck with. Okay. So you're saying the word synthesis. What is synthesis? Well, if you look it up in the dictionary, it, the word synthesis means to take disparate ingredients and put them together for the purpose of creating a stronger whole. And that's why I named my process synthesis because it truly is a combination of ingredients, techniques, methods, and traditions, utilizing both the conscious, logical, cognitive part of our mind, mm -hmm. and of course the much more powerful and subtle uh, subconscious mind through a variety of tools and techniques, hypnotherapy and meditation, a lot of native uh, indigenous uh, philosophical tenets. And when you do it correctly, uh, providing a person really wants to make the change and is willing to commit to themselves and do the work, uh, the results are, are really phenomenal. It, it, it's just amazing to see. So that, that's what I mean by the, by the process of synthesis. Okay. Awesome. Um, and Dr. Miguel, hi, I'm Rhonda Aronson. I just um... We are reading all your information about the balance and the spiritual balance that it has. How does it actually work, the synthesis, this, this cornucopia of all these things together? How does that actually work? Well, essentially what happens when people are stuck, and, and I need to say that we all get stuck from time to time in life. You know, we have issues that are holding us back. It mm -hmm. can be self, lack of self-confidence or self-esteem or a habit or a fear or a phobia. It really doesn't matter what it is. But when we get into that situation, essentially what, what's going on is that our conscious logical mind knows that we don't like the way we feel and we'd like mm -hmm. to make a change. But the subconscious part of the mind is much more powerful. It's about a 90-10 split as far as percentage. About 10% of the mind is conscious, 90% subconscious. And so because the subconscious mind is much more powerful and because it, it runs automatically, if you will, it's like a computer, and uh, once it's programmed, it'll play its programs over and over and over again. The conflict between the two parts of the mind has to be resolved. Uh, if the conscious is pulling one way, I want to change, mm -hmm. but your subconscious is pulling the other way, I'm sorry, I'm programmed for this habit that's holding you back. Um, it creates this natural resistance to change. So what we do with synthesis is align the subconscious mind with the conscious desire. And okay. when that happens, essentially it's like unlearning what's not working and reprogramming your internal computer for what you want. And when that happens, uh, the change becomes as automatic as the problem used to be. Hmm. So, Dr. McGrail, this is Nate. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Nate. How are you? I'm really good. So, actually, what good. is the limits of, synth of synthesis and what can it be used or applied for or to? Well, it can be applied to almost anything 
that has to do with human behavior. If it's not organic or physical brain damage or if there's not a psychosis or serious mental illness, then it can be used to create virtually any personal change, growth, or transformation a person desires. And the the fun and the beauty of what I do is that I get to work with people from about age 7 to 85. Uh, that's about the age range of my clients. And I help them create the life they want. So, for instance, someone it could be something as simple as uh, being addicted to cigarettes or wanting to lose weight okay. or having a fear of flying or driving on the freeway or anxiety, which is uh, really, really prevalent these days, uh, stress, lack of self-confidence or self-esteem. It really doesn't matter. That's the, the beauty of it is I get to work across the spectrum of human behavior, helping people live the way they want to. Mm-hmm. rather than the way they've been stuck with. Exactly. Hmm. And can anyone benefit from it? Anyone can. I mean, there are certain limitations, as I mentioned. If there is, is physical brain damage uh, uh, or if a person is suffering from uh, a mental illness that is caused by psychosis, like, for instance, schizophrenia uh, uh, or some other clinical psychosis, would not necessarily respond well to the process because a big part of the process, as I mentioned, is changing how the mind works. If the mind is damaged uh, in some way, physically or organically, then there could be limitations. But if a person has a desire to change and they're willing to commit to the work, because it's not magic, uh, there is work involved, then pretty much the sky's the limit. So as far as like your ideal person to take on as a client, is there a yes. particular age, if you had to create the create the ideal person, is there a particular sex, is there a particular age that works best, that you've seen the, the, the process work best on? Well, the, the safe answer is that, generally speaking, the younger a person is, to an extent, the better, because they're not as set in their ways. Okay. Uh, once negative habits and patterns get set in the mind with reinforcement over time, they get more and more set. In other words, we get more and more stuck. Um, age seven is about the, the youngest that uh, we can work with in this process because the younger kids, uh, kids younger than that, usually can't focus and concentrate long enough uh, to use a lot of the techniques we use. But um, it really doesn't matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. If you want it and you're willing to do the work, then you can change your mind. I tell this to clients. I tell this uh, to my workshops and seminar students all the time, everybody, everybody has everything they need inside of them to, to create whatever they wish to create as far as how their life is working. We get out of touch with it, we lose contact with it, and we don't know how to access it. But once you learn how, uh, there really is no, no limits. Awesome. I, I have two questions for you, uh, Dr. Miguel. This is Rhonda again. Um, Hi, know, Rhonda. Um, how are you? And, uh, I'm, I'm great. <laughs> and you sound great. So listen, Thank you. there is a, a, a phrase that um, I, I, I enjoy. It's called cognitive dissonance. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to know what part cognitive dissonance plays in this whole thing. Because with the hypnize, you know, the, hip, um, the hypnosis, and it sounds a little bit like visualization. You know, how much of what people are already predisposed to, um, could you share that a little bit more? I know you hit, you touched on it a little bit. How does the hypnosis play into this when you're dealing with, with cognitive dissonance, with people who are 
set on thinking of things in a certain way, in a certain manner, and now they are basically um, being rewired. So how does the hypnosis play into the process? Well, you know, a lot of people misunderstand hypnosis. Uh, it is grossly misunderstood because uh, of the way it's portrayed most of the time. Most of the people that think of hypnosis, you think of a stage show where there are mm -hmm. people on stage and they go into this, you know, weird state and it looks like they've been taken over. But the, but the truth of the matter is hypnosis is a natural state of consciousness that we literally all do every day. Yeah. Naturally, hypnotic moments would be like uh, watching a good film or television show and, and getting really sucked in, and you forget everything else exists, and you start feeling emotions. You're you're having an ex an emotional experience based mm -hmm. on watching this movie. You are actually in hypnosis. You are responding to suggestions, and we all do it every day. Reading a good book or daydreaming. Uh, we actually go through what we would call hypnosis when we fall asleep at night. Right before we fall asleep, we would be what we would call deep hypnosis. Okay. So since it's a natural state of consciousness, um, the reason it's a powerful tool for affecting change is that it creates a very open and receptive state of mind. We become okay. receptive to suggestions. And the theory, and you know, we can't prove this, obviously, is that it allows us to communicate with the very primitive part of our mind, the subconscious, which, as I mentioned before, operates very much like a computer. It's programmed at a very early age. By the time we're about eight years old, we're mm -hmm. pretty much programmed for the people we're going to be. And so it is believed that it allows us to communicate with that part of the mind, which is only about three years old, for, okay. for all of our lives, and help it unlearn the patterns or the habits or the attitudes or the fears that it has developed and then reteach itself the new patterns, habits, uh, or feeling of control or self-confidence or self-esteem or whatever it is that we consciously desire. And so what it does is it aligns, it aligns the subconscious computer with the conscious. Um, I, use, I use the metaphor of a pilot and an autopilot and an airplane. Mm -hmm. Pilots fly the plane. The autopilot flies it better because it's programmed. It aligns the two parts of the mind together, and essentially it destroys cognitive dis dissonance. There is no okay. more internal resistance. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So your methods um, are based upon the presumption that we create our own reality. Just exactly what does that mean? Well, that is based on a lot of really, really interesting scientific research. And the, the answer can be quite long, but I'll try to make it as succinct as possible. Uh, essentially, people feel like life is happening to them. In other words, they feel like they are the victims of their circumstances and that they have no control over those circumstances. And in the study of quantum physics and quantum field theory, uh, there are some really interesting scientific discoveries that all energy flows along lines of attraction. In other words, any mm -hmm. given energy will attract a similar energy. Mm -hmm. And what they've proven now scientifically is that our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions are in fact energy. And so what you're feeling, what you're thinking about, what you're projecting energetically has an awful lot to do with what you attract back into your life. And what it means in plain language is that even though it seems like life is happening to us, we are really creating our reality. And once, an, once a person understands that and embraces that, they are well on their way to creating the reality they wish to have again instead of the one they thought they were stuck with. Yeah. 
Okay, so give me some clarification, please. You you mentioned that you know you need to have the need for cause rather than effect in order for us to empower our lives. What exactly does that mean? Well, exactly what I was talking about. It's a, it's you know people that are what we call at effect are are believing that they're victims that they have no control over their circumstances, and so they're just sort of flowing down the river of life like a like a ping pong ball getting back across the yeah. shores, and and uh, you know it, it doesn't feel very good. Being at cause mm-hmm. is the attitude that, that basically embraces the fact that, look, I am responsible for my reality. I am responsible for my outcomes. I am responsible for my happiness. No one else is. And I'm going to take that responsibility and start living in a way, I like to call it on purpose, with purpose, mm. to create the reality I want rather than thinking I'm a victim and have no control over things. Because we have an awful lot more control over the way our life goes than we think we do. Well, why do people have such a problem living at cause? In that well, it's because of the perception. You know, it just it seems as though, well, first of all, and we're taught. Uh, many of us are taught to have limiting beliefs very early in life. Our parents say, you know what? If, if you ever get a job, you can make $60,000 a year. You're doing well. Don't ever forget it. That's as good as you're ever going to get. Mm-hmm. Well, that becomes the reality. And so you feel you have no control over that. That's a ceiling that has been implanted in your brain, and, and that program will manifest that. Mm-hmm. And every time you start getting higher and higher in pay, you get up above that $60,000 range. Subconsciously, you'll find a way to sabotage yourself. Mm-hmm. So it feels that like we have no control and it's exactly backwards. So that's what being at cause is, is understanding that we do create our reality and then taking steps to create the one we want. But that's, that's awesome. You know, it sounds like you, we have to put the action and if we wanted to quote, um, you know, a philosopher, we would say that we obviously create our own destiny. Exactly. Um, by, by living yeah. like that. So with your book, cause there are many self-help books. There are many books that, um, are telling us to think outside the box, and uh, we there are techniques, vi- visualization techniques has been around since the twenties yeah. about how to rethink mm-hmm. things. Why are your book and your process different? What makes it special? Well, uh, not to sound immodest, there really is nothing new in my book. Okay, and I say that right in the first few pages, and uh, you know because humans have been behaving the way that we've been behaving for thousands and thousands of years. That's it, and. Hypnosis has been in use for for something like 6,000 years. And mm-hmm. yeah, as you mentioned, visualization and cognitive behavioral therapy, all these tools and techniques have been around for a long time. What I found, uh, and this is, I may be a happy accident, my intention when I wrote the book was to present uh, the process of empowering one's life in a way that made sense, that, that felt attainable. Uh, by the average person, because I'm just an everyday person. I'm no guru. And I say that in my book, and I say that to my clients and my students. I'm just like you. I had my issues, but I found a way that allows you to understand how you got where you are and how to get where you want to be quickly and profoundly in a very simple, straightforward thing. So if there's anything special about my book, it's the perspective and it seems to work, and, and mm-hmm. you know the proof always is in the pudding. The, the intentions were there, and fortunately, my readers seem to be backing up the fact that, that I fulfilled those intentions because I get emails from all over the world. The book is published in China, Malaysia, wow. North America, and people say, you know what? 
I've been trying self-help stuff all my life, and I finally get it. This makes sense. So if there's anything special, maybe it's that. It actually makes sense out of it, and it gives people understanding, a set of tools to use, and the methodology to use the tools to create their change. And along the way, I share stories of real people that I've worked with over the years. I've worked with, you know, thousands of people now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I show my readers and, and I share my own story, you know. You can be really, really messed up, and in a very short period of time, if you use the tools, if you take responsibility, you can change your life drastically and quickly. Hmm. Well, John, how can people follow you, and definitely how can people get a copy of your book? Well, thank you. Uh, the book is available. Uh, it's done its run in stores. The bookstores don't hold books in uh, very long anymore. Mm-hmm. But it is available on Amazon mm-hmm. and on BarnesandNoble.com online. And as far as following me is concerned, uh, very easy. My websites are simple to remember, www.drjohnmcgrail, D-R, my name, johnmcgrail.com, and www.hypnotherapy Los Angeles, which is a big word, hypnotherapy Los Angeles, all spelled out. It's long, but you can't forget it, .com. And on my websites are all my contact information. People can email me. They can sign up for my newsletters. I've got a new video series that I've just introduced today. Um, They can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, all the social media stuff. But if people email me with questions or concerns about their lives or or questions about making change, uh, I always respond in person. I don't have my, quote, unquote, people do that for me. Uh, If they want to call, my phone number's there. They can call me. They will get a personal response. Uh, so it's really easy to find me. Google Dr. John McGrail, and you'll see all the stuff. I and mean, it's kind of crazy sometimes <laughs> uh, how much gets out there. But uh, um, I'm always happy to take questions. And as I mentioned, because of technology, just like you know, we have the the beauty of being many many miles apart today, and we're having a conversation as if we're sitting in the same room. Exactly. Because of technology, I can work with people virtually anywhere. I've got I work with someone in Thailand. I have people in Canada, all across North America, Europe. Um, it's it's very doable. Okay, well, thank you so much for for coming on the show. You've given me some good information. Yes, we really enjoy speaking with you. Exactly, exactly. Hope you have a good evening. Well, thank you very much. You've all been very, very kind, and I, I very much appreciate the invitation. And I wish all of you and the listeners uh, a, a wonderful evening and a great uh, rest of the summer. Thank you. You as well. Goodbye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good information. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We're going to go ahead, and um, I guess we don't need to get that little little stick and put it, you know, I was going to try to see if Nate was going to fall out and <laughs> I was going <laughs> And I do fall out easy. You know, mm-hmm. and I was going to That's from hunger. some mm-hmm. things. But I still didn't understand what synthesis was. Or oh. the other word that you missed. That I you... know. Yeah, and you, and you tackled that one. You know you're supposed I to did. phonetically write that out. But what happened was I didn't Did read you put the a question. T on the end of yeah. happened? Did I say happened? Yes. You did. Oh, you that's did. the God in me. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Okay. Um, okay, so last week I went to the comedy show, Monique and Tonette. At, yes. at the Funny Bone. Did you go? Um, no, I was going to pretend. But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been there once when she was there. Uh-huh. Yeah. When, last year? Yes. She did the exact same show. Oh. Same show. And he did. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, listen, as a comedian, uh-huh. they say you get a set that works 
and you ride that set that no one laughs anymore. Yep. Should you put it on the flyer? It's gonna be the same show that y'all paid. Mm-hmm. No, because you know, so, listen. When the Queens of Comedy was out, uh-huh. and Adele Givens was doing a tour on her own, uh-huh. she told the same jokes, and I laughed just as hard as Her, I, that's what I he never. Said. I said, "Yes, girlfriend." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was good. It was good, but it, it was the exact same thing. Yeah. She added a few things about um, Black Lives Matter, but ninety percent of the same time, thing. yeah. But anyway, she's back in the news. She talked about being back in the news with her husband about her open marriage, which, you know, I have my own thoughts about it. She's changed my mind about a few things. But I want to let you guys listen to it, and then we're going to talk about it. All right, let's do it. We're here with the very funny and immensely talented Monique. All right, that's right. And joining us now is her husband, Sidney Hicks. Thank you. Well, here's a subject that I thought my fellow preachers would find very interesting. Uh, the two of you have a podcast called Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Yeah. Is I'm it true you all <laughs> is it true you all actually have an open relationship? And what does that mean? Is it open twenty four hours? Is it you know, are there, what's going on? What does it mean to be in an open relationship? And I know this was your idea, Sydney. Mm. <laughs> well, mm. yes, we are in an open relationship twenty four eight. Okay. Mm. And by that, we mean that we're always open to conversation. We're open to the understandings that man and woman, or as a couple, we should have for one another. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, You automatically said, (laughs) Sidney, I know. This was his idea. And I think that's, um, when we first came out with it, Mm -hmm. everybody said, oh, my God. How could Monique let that man do that to her? Because, what idea was it? Well, because she's this big woman, and he's this good-looking man, and because she has this money, she's going to let that man do whatever he want to do just to say she has a fine man. So y'all talking about, because you talk about emotion and com- conversation, but that's not what, y'all talking about sex. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. here's what mm-hmm. makes it beautiful, nobody, John. Nobody okay, knows. shake your head one more time. Here. Whose idea was it? Was it your idea? It was, it was my idea. Because 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I'm, ent- I'm an entertainer. And this is my best friend ever. And what I did not want to do was be dishonest with my best friend. There may be times I may want to be with other men. And my best friend said to me, Mama, I've loved you since the 10th grade. Do you think you being with another man is going to have anything to do with me loving you? And then he said, well, you know if you can be with other men. I can be with other women. I said, well, that's not what I meant now. (laughs) That's not what I meant. But it was my idea because I wanted to be open and honest with the person that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I I think think that's amazing. Uh, Of course you would say that. Now when (laughs) y'all church people are going to have a heart Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor as we lay. (laughs) So I believed in open marriage. I just forgot to tell my ex-wife about it. That's what I was about to say. It it didn't go well. (laughs) Wow. But had you had that conversation. The key is that conversation. Mm -hmm. But the biblical part I've got to ask is not as entertainers but as believers, how do you find that balance that we say that the bedroom is sacred for the two of you. Who am I to tell her what she can and cannot do? And if I did tell her what she could and could not do, is there a possibility that she could still do it anyway? Wow. Okay. And then that's called cheating. And then that's called what you guys consider a sin. Okay. All right. Wow. 
So, hmm. change my mind. What, what, what do you say, Rhonda? Well, listen. No, mm-hmm. let me ask you this. If your husband mm-hmm. asked you, could y'all have an open relationship? Put him out, Rhonda. Um, I would take him to the part in the Put him out, Rhonda. where they had eunuchs that Put served. Put him out, Rhonda. And I would have him define what a eunuch was. No, I, um, because he wouldn't be able to do anything <laughs> with anyone. You understand what I'm saying here? And, um, you know, Monique can do whatever she wants to do. But mm-hmm. I, here's my thing about an open relationship. Mm-hmm. If openness simply means communication, if it means we are willing to change and go with the changes that happen, with our lives, physically, spiritually, mm-hmm. in our careers, I'm all for it. Exactly. But if openness is just defining that if I have an impulse and I want to have sex with someone outside of you, right? I just I, I disagree with that because you're bringing things in your marriage. You know, Ozzy Davis and Ruby D were in open marriage. Did y'all know that? No. Yes, honey. And Ozzy Davis said the only reason they stopped because the AIDS virus started, mm-hmm. and he was scared. I guess to use a condom. Little but, Ruby um, D. Little Ruby D, honey. Ruby D. And like Monique, it was Ruby D's idea. Was it? Yes, honey. She, she looked said, like a freak, though. She said, Sydney Porte been talking a little too <laughs> all in my head. And I just need to go ahead and say, listen, there's a raisin in the sign. Yes, it is. It was. Yes, it is. <laughs> Nathan? <laughs> you know, I, and I'm for one, I'm not a big girl. I used to be in a relationship. Used to be. Yes. Did you? But we're not going to talk about that here. Okay. okay. Because there's a lot of slander that's oh, been right, going on. Right. Oh, okay. And, okay. you know, my cease and desist letter mm-hmm. is still in effect. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. In effect. Yes. In effect. Mm-hmm. However, you put a K on that. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not big on, I, I can understand the open relationship before marriage. Okay. But once you are married, it becomes selfishness. Yes. Because just like she said, she didn't mean for you to do it. That's it. That's it. And I think that's when feelings get hurt when the other person do it. That's it's it. okay if I do it. But when the other person do it, that's when feelings get involved. That's it. That's so it. that's my only issue with it because even on, as I read Monique, I still don't believe it. I don't. I was going to say the same thing. Here's the thing. I, I saw Monique because Monique used to be one of my comedy heroes. Mm-hmm. Kind of a little bit still is. But, um... And I went to a show at the Scope years ago, and she was talking about how she talked to God. And she was like, I tell him, listen, you know, because he my MF, mm. you know, and I tell that in. And I was like, oh, you know, and I say that to say that Monique's truth, when you look up the, the dictionary, and I have to just share this. The word truth says quality in accordance with fact or reality. Exactly. So it's Monique's fact, Monique's reality. reality. Exactly. And I think knowing Monique's story, you know, knowing about her book and all of the things about Monique, the fact is Monique is trying to, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think she's trying to reclaim what she's confident about and what she's and able exactly, to call. You know what? And that's exactly what it is. I think she's been broken in so many areas. That's it that she's trying to figure out exactly where she fit in in this relationship. And instead of getting hurt again, let's open it up. Let's open it up because this, because Sydney makes her third, fourth marriage. Third. Third. Eighth. 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 Uh-huh, go ahead. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's been around. But, um, <laughs> so if I, it's okay, Monique. It's okay, it's okay. There's room at the cross. But, um, it is. For everyone. It is. You know, but you know, I also think, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. speaking, thinking of my great friend, um, Nikki Curry, that, this was some publicity she needed outside of that one with that empire thing that didn't go nowhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that kind mm-hmm. of just made her look silly. So I think this one 
Think about where she broke the story on a preacher show with a preacher but who fell out But this is old news. Of... This is back up. It's, re- it's resurfacing. This was actually That's the first right. time I thought it was like 2013. But it's back in the news. It's back, it's back in, in the news. news. I don't know how it got and, back and in the news. And oh, Jamal Bryant, you all know that he fell from grace for a little bit because of all of his mm. open marriage ideas without mm-hmm. his wife. Consent. She was close to mm-hmm. the idea. She was very close. And mm-hmm. he, he recently spoke of that at the Hampton University Ministers Conference. So I just thought it was oh, interesting. Did he? he did. Okay. And I said, oh, okay, stuff. That, you know, go ahead. Tell mm-hmm. him. A little more detail. Still don't like it, but go ahead. You know, uh. I, I, if there's redemption, it's for I know, everybody. But hey. You're restraining order. I just want all it. of these preachers to know that T.D. Jakes is doing it. Sit down. Amen. What are you doing? He's doing it too. He Amen. got open marriage. No, he got an open marriage. Oh. He's covered the the celebrity preacher. Oh. So okay. Jamal, go sit down. Yeah, you're right. You know, but T D Jakes his his list. But before we get off, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. Um, no, no. I, I too <laughs> suffered from one. You know, so we're we have move a on. letter. We got we got the letter in. We do, we do. Yeah, yeah. Um Help. Remember, I know y'all don't want me to read I, You know what? And I don't think I want to read it. I think we're going to have ladies first. Can well, you I'm, read this? I'm going to read this. And I'm Shirley gonna read Strawberry, it. can you read this? I'm going to read this. You know, <laughs> read? I mean, help me out, guys, because I just read, I read this, Steve, and it just, okay, ladies, read? it says, Dear Let's Face It Radio, uh-huh. I don't know what to do. I have fallen in love with my best friend's ex. My Lord. <laughs> my best friend and I have been besties since the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. We are in our senior year of college now. Now, she was with this guy for four years it's up until long. early May of this year. This year? This year. Mm-hmm. This year. When he suddenly decided to break up with mm, her. Suddenly. He said he just <gasps> didn't see a future together. Mm. I started hanging out with him about you did. two weeks later, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, thought it was me. At first thinking I was just being someone to talk exactly. to. Exactly. But I never told my bestie, my BFF, <sighs> that we were spending time together, let alone that we were growing close. Glory. Well, me and this guy started sleeping together mm. about two weeks ago. Lord and we're crazy about each other. Mm-hmm. I still haven't told my best friend anything. My feeling is that she would be very hurt. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I don't want to pass up a chance to be with someone who could turn out to be the love of my life, you oh, know? Oh, wow. So part of me wants to tell her mm-hmm. in hopes that she would be really happy for me. She will She would be mm-hmm, very happy. Mm-hmm. But when I put myself in her shoes mm-hmm. hearing this news, I think I'd be devastated. Yes. I'm torn between my own desire, desire. for a lasting relationship, mm-hmm. bliss, and my desire to preserve the most important friendship in my life. Any advice from me? Mm-hmm. Something well, has to give. Well, 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 well. <laughs> well, 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 well. We already know that shit. The first <laughs> thing we're going to say is you've already gave it up. Come on. So turn it loose. So turn it loose. Mm-hmm. And I believe Ivanka, oh, what's the wife's name? Melania. Melania. She said that. She did. Yes. She did. Um, I quote. And she also spoke about As We Lay. Yes. Because I just found out that was an adulteress. That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay. Uh-huh. Well. So basically <laughs> what she's done is she's done took this young lady. What's the old singer name? Millie Jackson. Mm-hmm. That's it. Lovers and she and said, yes, that's it. That's it. That's and it. she said, all this stuff is adding up. And you don't need and I, no. Need no. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. I don't on. got my beat button. <laughs> come on now. I, I, I'd like to also um, work from the gospel of songs. Go ahead. And um, not songs of songs, but songs. <laughs> and I'd like to think of maybe the best friend was making it easy mm. for mm. the clean 
cleanup woman. Not a cleanup woman. And therefore, and thus, that what these young people, my advice for them is that they are seniors in college. What's, what's that, 21, 22 mm-hmm. at the oldest. Mm-hmm. I say, listen, girlfriend, take Monique's advice. Be open in your relationship. Open. Tell your girlfriend you're going to lose her for at least 10 years. At least 10 years. Now, after he throw you and suddenly break up. Let's look at some suddenly, keywords here. Suddenly. Suddenly broke up with my best friend. And then two weeks later, we began to sleep together. It didn't even take too long. It didn't take too long. Mm. You know, she didn't even have cookies yet. All she had was crumbs. <laughs> and so she doesn't know herself. Mm-mm. She does not know her list. And mm. don't know him. And don't know him. So thus and therefore, I say go for it. Get played because you don't want to know the rules, and that's my advice for her. Because baby girl, when the, it's best to get it out now. It's best Why to get it young? out now. Get Why it out. Young? So get y'all out. telling me that you wouldn't you wouldn't talk to anybody that your friend used to date? Um, no, I didn't say I, that. I, I, I would not. At least not on purpose. Because See, you know she has morals. I didn't say that. Now, now if so you would mm-hmm. you would you would date somebody that your mm-hmm. friend? Okay. It happened to me. It happened. <laughs> it happened. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there was this Well, time. why do you say no, and why do you say yeah? That's what I want to know. Go tell me why you say yeah. Oh, I've already... I don't have no scruples. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. okay, I understand. Period. The moral Period. compass. Compass is yes. our word for today. It's low. <laughs> it has no direction. Very low. Very okay, low. okay. Well, I say that I cannot do it because I can't deal with what type of repercussions that's going to fall upon me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so therefore I can't do it. I can't. It, it, to me, it's selfish. Okay. Because it's selfish to me. Mm-hmm. Because if someone did it to me, I would go crazy. You know. So I just can't put someone else in that situation. Now I would always entertain a girlfriend's man. You know, thinking mm-hmm. I'm attractive and flirting with me. I'd be like, boy, stop, <laughs> girl, watch it. <laughs> you know. So yeah. I mean, I entertain uh-huh. the flirtation. Yeah. But I'm like, if he try to make a move, back off. Mm-hmm. My friend is more important. <laughs> you know, so uh, how far back though? Um, now if like I have a girlfriend, uh-huh. real, true story. This little boy, I went out in the eighth grade, and you know that man, we just talked mm-hmm. on the phone mm-hmm. and, and kissed behind the bleachers, mm-hmm. and um, you know, but I loved myself some him. By love, I mean liked. And um, <laughs> yeah. when we graduated from high school, uh-huh. one of my close friends got pregnant by him, mm-hmm. and it was awkward at first, but but like I said again, you know, um. You know, he still um, every now and then flirted with me, so that was okay for me. Right. But um, nothing distrust, too disrespectful exactly. to her. Exactly. And um, where was I going with it? Because her and I aren't even friends anymore. But the <laughs> point was that we were friends then when he became her, the father of her child. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me at in the eighth grade you still had this thing? I was. That, I was that was torch. yours. He was mine, you know, because it was a girl code. That okay. you're not supposed to mess with. From eighth grade. From eighth grade. Okay, because he was not even who he is now. Well, you know, he probably still is that guy. Oh, okay. But, um, okay. mm-hmm. you I'm know, familiar. but we, but by the time we had graduated from high school, we had been out of, uh, been in college for about two years, probably about around the same age as these mm-hmm. young ladies. I thought it was okay, you know, because at that point he was a grown man, she was a grown woman, and, you know, um, I wasn't interested in him. And even if I was, I think that he and I had no sustainable relationship from the eighth exactly. grade. Exactly. So. Yes. Okay. You know what? I don't have a problem with it. We know. All. We know. Well, I know you know. Oh, you know I know. I know you know. Oh, I know you know. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. 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 And we still friends today. So you can be friends with your exes then? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. Uh-huh. Barely. <laughs> Barely. 
When I tell you, it is a struggle. You ready for your clothes struggle? It's a struggle every day. <laughs> Listen, I think it's time for you to come on the couch. <laughs> we, we need to talk about the rules. <laughs> the, the rules. The rules. We don't want you to get played. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I won't. Oh, you won't. Oh, I won't. Oh, that's not gonna happen. The scruples are low, but you don't get played. Come Mo- on. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Leslie Jones, bless her little heart. She yes. was, you know, she's a star of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, they've been eating that movie up for some reason. I'm waiting for it to come on my, you know. My boss. My, yeah, yeah, my yeah, boss. yeah. Um, but, you know, she was targeted on Twitter. Yes. To the point where she was in tears and she closed her account. I'm not sure if she's reopening or not, but um, they were comparing her to the, the monkey. Her, ha- yeah, Harambe. Mon- mm-hmm. Is that his name? Uh, Harambe. So you was pronouncing it wrong. No, I never pronounced it. Oh, you never Remember this it. word that I you, was- Well, you said it. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Um and a whole bunch of other things. They were just really being they were like, being oh nasty. the Planet of the Apes. Yes. Um, they were sending her things. Um, pornography things. Yes. Um, there were things on her. A face. whole bunch of things about just really really evil things to her to the point, like I said, she was in tears. Um, some people even created a fake Twitter account and sent out things on her behalf. Yeah, um, like fussing at folks. Yeah, mm-hmm. fussing at folks. Um. So, you know, would you leave social? Have you ever been bullied online, number one? I've never been bullied online, but I have been bullied as a child because I had, um, my hair didn't grow that well on the sides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had little whispers. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so. He's familiar. He's familiar. He's familiar with the whispers. Mm-hmm. And so the kids used to ask me, when was my next chemotherapy appointment? No. Yes. You know, kids go hard, you know, even in the 90s. And they were like, you got leukemia, don't you? You know? Mm-hmm. And um, from there, I began to be a comedian, true story. Oh, you know, okay. I said, I got to do something because I'm short, mm-hmm. you know. And, and and like Whoopi Goldberg, who is one of Leslie Jones' heroes, mm-hmm. I said, you know, I may be black. Mm-hmm. I may not have hair, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm here. You mm-hmm. are here. And, and, and Leslie Jones, she is, she's a comedian as well. Exactly. And if I can say this, she's not classically attractive. She's not. And I think she has been a comedian. She's been in the business since 87. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like she's had the opportunity oh to use God. everything about herself to her advantage. And I think, and I think she do to the most part. She does. That yeah. hurt me. And and it and it was hurtful the things that they said. I'm not sure if I would have allowed them to push me off. I may have ignored it to a point. Mm-hmm. But um, but at the same time, she's a new artist, and for the spotlight, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think she's at that because I think even Oprah mentioned this um, when she started her network when she started the, when she became a talk show host, Mm -hmm. how you read these blogs and you read what people say and you take them to heart. But then you rise above it. Oprah became one of the most successful talk show hosts. But then fell back into that when she opened up her network. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I think that when you're at her level now, because she's new to this, this new level of fame, Mm -hmm. she's seeing what people think of her. That's right. So to see that, you know, they're looking at her. Like what, they think and, she's less and classically as, as attractive. As you were saying, as a comedian, you're using yeah. to kind of, I already told y'all that. That's I already right. know I'm not That's right. that, that attractive. Yeah, she's not. That's terrible. I, I just said classically attractive, yeah. Nate. That she sounds said better. Class, that don't sound better. <laughs> that don't sound better, Mm-mm. classically attractive? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. But you know what? I, I just thought about it. I, I was bullied on social media once. So a, a few sorry. months ago. It's okay. It's okay. okay. You know, um, I let it roll off. Um, my daddy always tell me we had fat jeans in the family. So when your daddy tell you to stop the car because you're fat, you know, <laughs> not much. The outside not much world hurts. Exactly. Right. You know, and um, <laughs> we, my sister and I, we were on... Um, 
I won't say their name. We were on a religious uh, media program from this area. Bobby Jones. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> Everybody. So it wasn't Bobby Jones. But um and, and anyway, they showed our comedy on on Facebook Live mm-hmm. and there was um someone um we'll call them wonderful. We'll say wonderful exactly. people and beautiful for us. You know, beautiful, wonderful. Okay. Uh-huh. And so um that's one of my jokes for free. So anyway, one of the wonderful people they said, "Oh my gosh, those black girls aren't funny. No one likes that." their ugly fat selves off of here and you know they say we're all god's creatures yeah you know we're not gonna talk about them and um they didn't take their comments down they left it up but what but what it did it gave us ammunition because we do have a black lives matter um piece for our Uh our joke so i mean now i'm nowhere near the celebrity of leslie jones Mm -hmm. the level like you said exactly and i think there is an amount that you have to cut yourself off from Ex- you, you know and the interaction i think social media is great we talked about this yesterday nikki social media is great for marketing it's horrible when you want to use it for personal things it, exactly because it can really get out of hand it can and you don't need to be that close to your fans you know meet them down at dj's music <laughs> warehouse or something mm-hmm. and sign a cd okay <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this then okay so this poor baby, she had an issue when the premiere came out. Yes, you know, nobody made, mm-hmm. nobody wanted to make the baby a dress. Mm-hmm. So I think what the guy from Payless. But you know what? I have to say, as a hairstylist, okay, mm-hmm. I kind of understand what other stylists go through because when someone give me a picture of something, and then I look up at you, and then I look. So back what are you down saying? She couldn't picture. wear a gown. Look how she look how amazing she. I didn't say no, 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 no. Don't mistake my words. I do this for a living. Mm. It didn't come across. I like it, don't it, it, it didn't quite. <laughs> it didn't come across. Yeah, but, but I mean, I I'm sure that you know this. We're doing Facebook Live, and if Nikki don't get this camera off my belly, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure someone look over here. Let me look. But you know what? We're gonna have to come back to this because we have. We have our second guest that will be calling in. I need a secretary. Somebody I see. Can, Nikki, can you find me a secretary, please? Um, we'll be calling in, and she's calling in about a child-centered divorce. And I know that you Rosalind. said you know some people. Yes. Who are called, yeah, Rosalind. I can't pronounce her last name. Sudeika, I believe. Sudeika. We'll, we'll go with that. Okay. We'll say Ash. I'm sure she will correct her. Yes, she will. But um, that's something I I. I has anybody here been a child of divorce? I am. My parents divorced when I Did was Did it young. bother you? It didn't bother me because that's all I was used to. That's all I We're knew. We didn't have to stop you right there, but we'll come right come back. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Let's Face It. How are you? I'm wonderful. This is Rosalind. Hi. Rosalind, can you please pronounce your last name? Because we're yes, having a it's debate. Ro- it's R- Rosalind Sedaka, as in Neil. Sedaka. And I was close. I was I was the one that was close. <laughs> I know it's a tough name. Yes. How are you? I'm wonderful. Good to to be on board with you. That's great. Great. For for our listeners, can you just tell them a little bit about yourself? I certainly can. I um, am a divorce and parenting coach and author of How Do I Tell the Kids About the Divorce and founder of the Child Centered Divorce Network for Parents. I've been uh, married for a long time, divorced, and then ultimately remarried. And my son was 11 years old when I got my divorce, and it was very traumatic for me to 
break the news to him and then decide ways to effectively co-parent him so that he wouldn't be harmed emotionally and psychologically. And ultimately, when he grew up and he thanked me for the co-parenting job that his dad and I did together, that's when I knew I had something of value to share with people, and that's when I started my work with the Child-Centered Divorce Network. Okay. So how did it come about that you became recognized as the voice of the child-centered divorce? What what happened was I was I was up for weeks and weeks of tossing and turning because I didn't know how to break the news to my 11-year-old son who was very close to both his father and to me. Mm-hmm. And while there is a lot of um, information about what to say, no one really tells you how to say it. And finally, one night at four in the morning, I came up with an idea that I decided to try myself. And it was creating a storybook using a photo album and pasting photos of our family from the time we were married and and when my son was born and the holidays and vacations and the things we did as a family. And I wrote the text. My background is as a writer. And I wrote the text explaining to him that while our family has undergone tension and stress in recent times and mom and dad decided that we would do better if we weren't living in the same house, but we're still going to be your mom and dad. We're still going to love you forever. No one's going to replace your mom and dad. And this is about change, not about blame. Mm -hmm. And so I put that information in the photo album for him with the text, and it became a storybook that he we were able to read to him at the time of the dreaded divorce conversation, and it was very effective for him. And people use this as a script so that when they are breaking the divorce news, they don't miss any of the key points that children should understand. And it became the foundation of my work internationally for the Child Centered Divorce Network. Okay. Awesome. You know, I am a product myself of being a child who was um, parents who were divorced when I was pretty young. And now for me, I had older brothers, you know, had one brother who was about 17, but to graduate from high school, another who was 13. And then, of course, I was about three or four. And so I've witnessed the different effects that it had on my brothers, myself and my twin sister. How can how can divorce affect children? And what should parents understand about that? Thank you for asking that question. It's so important. Divorce affects children in deep ways because it's very traumatic for them. It's the foundation and the security that they know is suddenly changing. Mm -hmm. And the life that they've known with mom and dad are changing. And so the important thing is for them to be reassured emotionally and psychologically that things are going to be okay that this is about change and not about blame. Mm -hmm. And so rather than sharing adult information about why you're getting a divorce, because it's inappropriate for children, even as old as teenagers, to really get involved in adult issues because they can't change it or do anything about it. So rather than focusing on that, you focus on the fact that we are still going to be a family. The, The form of the family is changing. We're going to be living in two homes instead of one, and you're going to spend some time in mom's house and some time in dad's house, and we're going to work it out. 
But the important thing is that our family will always be a family, and mom will always be your mom, dad will always be your mom, and life is going to go on, and we promise you that we're going to take care of making the future happy again. And in many cases, the children actually do better after the divorce because they're out of the tension. That's right. Studies have shown that it's conflict in the home that does the most psychological damage to children. So if you could get them away from fighting parents or parents who are silent and don't communicate with each other, Mm -hmm. then the children can go about their lives and have their childhood and be with happier parents when they're with either parent. Exactly. Hi, Rosalind. How are you doing? This is Nate. Hi. So you have something called a child-centered divorce. Now, exactly what is that, and how does that produce a better outcome for families? What it is is focusing on the children's needs. If you're a parent, then your divorce is different than other people who don't have children because they get divorced, and whatever the legal drama is, it ends at a certain point, and Mm -hmm. they can move on. But when you're a parent, you're a parent for life. And so a child-centered divorce means you are putting yourself in your children's shoes seeing the world through their eyes, and making decisions on their behalf that are truly making them the most important part of the relationship. So you could move on and have a wonderful life. You could move on and ultimately choose another partner in another relationship and and have a happy future. But you must do that with the children's best interest first. And I know all parents pay lip service to the children's best interest, but what happens is that they make very selfish decisions, and they make um, decisions that are based on anger and hurt and resentment towards their ex. Too many parents are so focused on getting back and hurting the ex Mm -hmm. that they use the children as pawns, and they don't realize they're doing that. And the children lose their childhood. Because when children have to pay attention to adult issues, they're suddenly immersed in an adult world, and they don't have the time to be innocent kids anymore. So the most damage is when we bring children into the divorce and we don't protect them and we don't safeguard them and we don't think about their needs. And we need to listen to them as well so that we hear what they're saying and acknowledge that they have a right to voice what they're feeling. You know, I think that is very um, interesting, and you and you just hit on it a little bit about uh, some of the mistakes that parents that um, are made in, in the decision with the divorce and how they handle it. And what would be, um, two questions, what would be some of the worst mistakes that parents, um, that they make with their children during and after the divorce, and what do you advise as for them to move past the mistakes they've already made? Well, thanks for asking that, because that really is is important. One of the most prevalent mistakes and one of the worst mistakes is fighting in front of the kids, around the kids, even on the phone when the kids are in in another room. Mm -hmm. When you you fight and express conflict, it hurts children. It changes who they are, and they're powerless. They're frightened, and even older children, it forces them to, to feel very... Uh, insecure about the future, and the tension just affects them on a deep emotional, psychological level. So not showing them conflict is very, very important. Another serious uh, mistake is is not letting your children know that they are innocent and not to blame 
children will naturally blame themselves. Mm -hmm. so, some of them may think, oh, if only I didn't get D's in my report That's card right. last month, maybe mom and dad wouldn't be divorcing. Or if I wasn't such a bad girl and I, and I listened better, maybe they wouldn't be divorcing. And, of course, they don't understand the complexity of the adult situation. That's right. And so we have to remind them that even if mom and dad are fighting about the kids, it's not their fault. They are innocent victims, and none of this is their fault. Okay. A third very important mistake to avoid is bad-mouthing your ex to the kids, yeah. and I know Amen. how tempting Amen. it is. Amen. Exactly. Yes. You, you know, we all, feel, we all feel uh, self-righteous about doing it yeah. because that SOB did this to me, and, and I could tell you a story. And when you, when you do that to your children... Children naturally love both mom and dad, That's right. and and they're part of mom and dad, and they start to feel if if mom could hate dad so much or dad could hate mom so much, then maybe they can hate me one time, mm. and it 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 breaks them up inside, and it also is a very bad role model for them to see that that people could once love someone and then talk about them in such a bad way. So it hurts your children, it changes who they are on a deep emotional level, and scars and wounds them for life if you do that. So as tempting as it may be, vent to your friends, vent to the clergy, go see a coach or a therapist, but don't talk to your children about their other parent and put them down because it's heartbreaking for the children. I, I agree oh. with that because my, my parents, when they divorced, my mother used to speak about my father in code names, you know, and like we didn't, she would call him Papa Smurf, you know, it wasn't mm -hmm. hard to figure that out. <laughs> and, and she never had a lot of favorable things, but on the contrast, my father would never allow us to say anything um, contrary about her. And he always lifted her up in the highest esteem. And even mm -hmm. um, they became friends later in life. But I remember that dynamic, remembering that uh, of how I was supposed to interact with people because of the way my mother and father handled their divorce. Yes, and and you notice how internally you would take sides in one direction. That's Your right. father was a was a role model that showed you how how one can be rather than the other way because kids can pick up on the fact that's right when when you're demeaning the other party and they know intuitively even if they can't explain it they understand that something is wrong about this. That's right. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. You so, also don't don't want to create turn your kids into confidants. You don't want to yes. be telling them the story about the the adultery or mm. the gambling or the addictions and, and the other things that created created the divorce. No matter how old your child is, they don't understand adult issues. Right. And there's, they're helpless to do anything or change it. So getting them immersed in, in it robs them of their childhood mm. and does a lot of damage. So, again, confide in your family and friends and, and professionals, but never, ever in your children. Hmm. So, so you wanted to know, and, and there's many, many more mistakes that, that we could talk about, but I know you wanted to know about some of the alternatives that, that people can, can um, do to um, handle these mistakes. And one, one thing that's important is if you notice that you've made some of the mistakes, because we innocently do them, we're so angry, we're so hurt, we're, we're so riled up or caught in, in the drama that sometimes we just don't realize what we're saying that's right. or letting our kids hear. And so 
if you could sit them down and own the situation and apologize and say, you know, I said some nasty things about Dad to you, and I'm sorry because that isn't what I really meant, and your dad loves you very much, and we had we had issues and differences, but that doesn't mean he doesn't love you very much. So I'm sorry I said that. When a parent owns a mistake they make, it helps the children see that's the mature, responsible way of handling it. That's what mm-hmm. an adult does. We are role models for our children every minute of the day. They watch what we do even more than what we say. And so it's important for us to take the responsibility to acknowledge when we make a mistake. How can we expect our children to be honest and admit mistakes if we can't? So that's one thing we, we can do. And we also want to be able to be very fluid and flexible when we're interacting with the other parent. And one of the things I suggest that um, we, you do in co-parenting is to think of be- co-parenting as more of a business because when you were married, you, you were emotionally involved. There was an intimacy there. The, the divorce obviously means that that's not taking place anymore. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're still two parents who love those children. That's the one bond you have is both of you care about the future of those children. And if you could think about co-parenting at, in a business way, that you are both the board of directors or the managers of the business, and the business is raising those children, that mm-hmm. regardless of what their age is, they have to be raised. And as all parents know, even when they're in their 20s and 30s and 40s, you're mm-hmm. still parenting them. You're That's still, right. you're still in their lives, and there's there's thousands of decisions you'll be making ahead. And so if you could agree to co-parent in a cooperative manner because of the children and just focus on the children, then you'll find a way to get through the situation. You'll find a way to be more cooperative. And and the reason you want to be cooperative with your co-parent is that everyone needs a favor now and then. You've got years and decades ahead of raising your children and sometimes there's going to be an emergency, a sickness, an accident, and you want to be able to call one another up and say, hey, I can't make it. I'm going to be an hour late, or a Tuesday night is out of the question, or whatever it happens to be. And if you are flexible and cooperative with your co-parent, even the nastiest co-parent eventually will start being more flexible and cooperative with you because they realize they're going to need a favor sometime. Yeah. You're in this together, mm-hmm. and the business is running this, the children in, in a happy, healthy way so that they grow up to be the kind of children you're both proud of. So when you focus on the children's well-being and you think about their needs first, it's really helpful in guiding you as you as you move ahead in um, the co-parenting process. Okay. So, so with your ebook, what value exactly can divorcing parents um, expect from your book, and what makes it so unique? Well, my ebook is focused on breaking the divorce news to the children, and so when you use the approach of creating the storybook in advance. At the time of this difficult conversation, it serves as a script for both parents. You sit down with your children, and you read it, and there's pictures of them in the storybook. 
And they recognize this is a book about us and our family. We are a family, and this family is going through some challenging times right now. But we're going to get through this, and we're going to come out on the other side, and things are going to be okay. And the language in the ebook talks about the six key messages that every child needs to hear when a divorce is taking place. And I'll give you a, a quick overview of those six things because they are so crucial for mm -hmm. every parent. You want to share with your children that this is not your fault, reminding the kids how important it is for them to understand that they are innocent and not to blame. You want to also tell them that you are and always will be safe. It's a very insecure time for children, and you want to remind them that mom mm -hmm. and dad are taking care of them and that they're safe. They don't have to be afraid of the future. The third message is mom and dad will always be your parents. Right. There's a big fear that maybe mom or dad are going to divorce me down the road if, if I'm bad. Wow. There's, there's a fear of, of never seeing mom or dad again. And, and in the Child Centered Divorce Network, we do everything we can to help parents understand that we don't want to alienate our children from one parent or the other. They need both parents, and we want to support both parents in their lives. And using the technology available today with Skype and the, and the Internet and, and videos, there's so many ways. Even if you live thousands of miles apart, you could still be actively in your children's lives mm -hmm. on a daily or weekly basis so that they don't have to feel alone. The fourth message is mom and dad will always love you. They need to hear that over and over again. No matter what's happening in the divorce, you are loved and always will be loved. The fifth message is very important that we also explain. This is about change, not about blame. So we don't point the finger and talk about the fact that if it wasn't for your terrible mom or dad, we wouldn't be going through this and they've destroyed our lives, and they've destroyed our family. That's not what the kids need to hear. We want to talk to the kids about our family is changing in form, just like you change grades in school and teams in, in sports, and you change clothing styles and the seasons change. Well, our family is changing. It's going to take a different form and a different shape, but we will always be a family. And the last message is things will work out okay. And then we as parents have to step up and be mature, responsible adults and make sure they are okay for our kids. We have to bend over backwards so that we're taking care of those innocent children. So the ebook puts that script together for you and with fill-in-the-blank templates. Okay. So you, you customize it in a few places so it's very personal about your family and the name of your children and, and some of the experiences you've had, but most of it is written by me, so you don't have any gaps, and the parents can use it as a script, and the kids can reread the book over and over again in the days and weeks and months following the conversation, so they feel more secure about the future. It, it calms them down. It makes them feel this isn't the worst thing that's happening on the planet, and we're going to get through this, and if the parents do that together and are reassuring to the children, then the children can get through the divorce without problems. Okay. It's the parents' attitude that really affects the divorce and creates all the havoc for children. It's not the divorce itself. It's the parents' approach to the divorce that creates the problems 
or resolves the issues and makes life better. It's in your hands. Awesome. You know, Rosalind, you've given us a whole lot of great information, and you've spoke about the ebook several times. So our listeners, they're out there. There are people who are going through a divorce. I know quite a few, and a lot of us have made these mistakes you speak of. Some of us may be right in the beginning. So please tell us more about how we can get this ebook. I mean, is it in a downloadable PDF? You know, what is it? Can we find you on social media that we can connect with you so that we can be um, empowered with this ebook? Well, thank you. Absolutely. I'm very available. If you go to childcenteredivorce.com, that's centered with an ED, childcenteredivorce.com. On the home page, I have a free ebook for all of your listeners on oh, post-divorce parenting, wow. success strategies for getting it right. And all you have to do is enter your email address, and it's instantly downloaded to you. And that has a bunch of strategies on co-parenting effectively. Excellent. If you're interested in my divorce book that I mentioned, How Do I Tell the Kids About the Divorce, with the fill-in-the-blank templates, then on the same website, Child Centered Divorce, just click on the link for my book or click on the books button and you'll see how do I tell the kids and you'll get that. Um, that's, you could purchase that via PayPal very easily. I also, if you click on the coaching button, I also have downloadable digital coaching courses and programs, oh, wow. a 10-hour audio coaching program with workbook or, or a co-parenting guide. So there's different choices for whatever format works the best for you. But all of the information is to help you get through the divorce as a parent, avoid the mistakes, use the strategies that are going to help you have the most harmonious outcome. And I also have material on dating after divorce because we don't want you making the same mistakes exactly, again. Exactly. Once, once you're out, we want to make sure, sure that you out. date and as a parent, you have to be extra careful. So we have a lot of free articles and blog posts and audio interviews and tons and tons of materials and expert resources that you can get. And all of them are vetted by me as child-centered because there are some attorneys that are just exploitive and then there are others who I call the good guys yeah. and the mediators, people who are going to help you create a more peaceful divorce from the beginning right. and help your, parent, your family get through this with the minimum challenges. Well, Rosalind, I know I, for one, will be sending a lot of people your information that need it. That's right. Thank you. Well, right. thank you so much. I appreciate that, and, and I know they will. They sure will. And we thank you for not leaving a single stone unturned. Unturned. Yeah, exactly. and, and, <laughs> and it's a it's a wealth of information and resources, and we thank you so much yes. for being it's on It's a this pleasure week. talking to you all. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. So okay, nobody's staying together now. Mm-hmm. No one's staying together, no one. Are you still married? How long have you been married? Um, for um, How long have we been on the show? I've been married for 25 minutes. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm loving every moment of it, mm. you know. No, you know, um, I believe in marriage. I believe in sticking it out. But you I know. ask, are you married? I Ooh. am. I am. Oh, okay. I am. I mean... <laughs> Obviously, I need to speak a little bit slower and look directly at you, Nate. <laughs> Nate, don't come for me. We just met today. Didn't he come for you? He did. He came for me hard. Don't do it. You came for me like 
like Mrs. Trump came for that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, but, so Rhonda, before I want I want to end the show, not end the show, end the show, but end the show mm-hmm. with some questions, some open dialogue. Okay, please. Between us. But first I wanted to give you an opportunity. I know you, you have an event coming up. Yes. And I wanted to make sure I got that in. So go ahead and tell the people. Oh, I have um, I have a commercial as yes, well. Yes, we don't have time for that oh, today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're <right>. very busy. <laughs> so um, what's going to happen is on August the 6th, please put that on your calendars right now. Circle it. But more than circle it, go to your PayPal accounts, mm. get in your car and get your credit cards, your debit card, get someone to transfer your food stamps to cash. Your EBT. And your EBT. Do yeah. what you have to do. Because Bernard T. Hines, other known, wise known as the Laugh Therapist, presents... Kingdom Comedy, a night of clean comedy. And it features my myself and my sister. We have a twin comedy team. We call ourselves Double Vision. Are oh, y'all okay. twins? We're twins. We oh, are. Okay. Oh, really? We are. We're oh, double excellent. the trouble, double the fun. Yes. We'll talk about that offline. And um, we have quite a few. If you go to my Facebook page, Rhonda Arrington, if you go to my Twitter, I'm sorry, not my Twitter, but my Instagram, Rhonda Round Town, or if you go to uh, Bernard Hinton's page. You look up his name, you'll see the Kingdom Comedy Flyer. Now, it's called Clean Comedy because we're going to tell the same jokes that maybe Monique, maybe Steve Harvey, maybe Bernie Mac, maybe those people would have told, but just without the profanity and the mm. vulgarity. Oh, so it's not going to be people sorry. dressed well, up like Miss yes. um, Bernice I work I really telling the church jokes. Mm. You know, y'all can't uh, trust uh, I, I really you want to come to that. You can be funny without cussing, Nate. You can't? You can. Never heard it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You know. And um, so it's going to be Cletus Cassidy, um, Cletus. Joy Jillian, mm-hmm. Joe Wrecker. Oh, I know Joy. Yeah, see? I did her face. And um, yes, yes. And um, uh, the next person is Miss Fabian. I don't know how to say the rest of her name. And um, so $20 in advance, $25 Ooh. at the door, and it will be at the Kimball Theater and Williamsburg. So it will be in Williamsburg, so make sure you come as a group. And that date again was? August the 6th. August the 6th. And that's of 2016. Of 2016. So that's next month, the first Saturday of August. At 6 p.m. At 6 p.m. No, 7 p.m. No, 7? Well, the doors open at 6. Oh, okay. See, Nate, you all in my commercial. Look, I'm coming. I'm coming. You better. And I'm going to laugh. You got it on air. He said you're coming. He's coming, mm-hmm. and I and you know I know you like legal documents. No, now so listen. I'm gonna... When I say he's coming, I'm I'm talking about the coming of Christ. <laughs> oh, is he coming on your line? He is coming. Oh, he coming on your line. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We got those wonderful. Can I have this? Yes, you can have that. Thank you. Y'all are twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what twins look like. I know if she looked like her, that's twins. Thank you so well, much. Well, not necessarily. See? Yeah, you necessarily. Got all the answers. No, all no, 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 no. That's it. I do that's have it. the answers. Sincerely. Wait a minute. Spell that for me. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now I want to I want to get into your brains, please. So let's 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 get serious for a okay. moment. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. So. I want to know from each one of you, and I'm going to answer myself, but I want to know what life lesson. Have you learned the hard way? Oh. Mm, that's the good. hard way. The hard way. Nay, I think you should I learned a lesson time. this week the hard way. <sighs> Man, I have learned so many lessons the hard way that, I mean, you just want one? Mm hmm. Okay. Well. 
okay, we're gonna throw this back at you. You go first, and then I'll come back. Okay, okay. Well, you know, listen, I'll do it. Okay, I'll step up to the challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, I say that the biggest, that my biggest thing would be missed opportunities, mm-hmm. and I had to okay. learn that lesson the hard way. You know, um, this is not me toot my own horn, but my entire life, I've always kind of stuck out. You know, mm-hmm. and I had this personality where people were drawn to, and people said you should always do this, get in front of the camera, do that. And I've never had a hard time being seen, but I, I failed. My lesson was follow up and, um, and dedication. And, and so that jacked me up a lot. I honestly, if I can be real transparent and if I can quote, um, um, someone that I work with now, if I can be honest, Mm -hmm. I almost missed out on the show that I'm currently on right now, the rules, Mm -hmm. because, um, I talked myself out of things because I'm like, the opportunity was sitting right there. Everything was lining up, but I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, mm. but I got the right push. So this time I learned the lesson because sometimes I don't really, it, it's opportunity is there, but it has those two handles, one that's slick and one that's that grip. Yeah, exactly. And you got to get it while that grip is there because when it's slick, you don't, it's gone right. and it's no longer there. So I've, I've missed a lot, you know, because of that. You know what? I believe for me, it's just not following my instinct. My instinct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you don't follow your instinct, you know, it leads you into the wrong directions. And I've learned the hard way that when you don't follow that first, mm, then your follow-up is a brick wall. A brick wall from my girl. Mm. I think for me, my mom growing up, she used to really be, She's like, I'm, and I got this from my mom. She's like an organized person. She writes everything down. As you can see, I've printed things out. Mm-hmm. It's busy work. We like stuff like that. That's right. So coming up, she used to always have around the house, um, you're responsible for your own consequences. I really didn't think it was grammatically correct back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but she used to always say it. And when I graduated, she gave me a card, and she wrote this whole thing. But she ended, now remember that you're responsible for your own consequences. And I think going through life, even up until this week, I realized that I had truly been responsible for how my life is taken. I mean, I don't have a bad life, but I definitely don't have the life that I thought I would have um, back then when I graduated Mm -hmm. from high school. And it's basically based on my consequences, the choices that I decided that I made. Um, Hanging around with people that I shouldn't have been hanging around back in my early 20s, um, getting in trouble legally, um, in a relationship, making wrong decisions, no longer in that relationship. I'm today where I am because of the, the, the choices I made, and that's been a hard a hard pill yes. to swallow because time is something we can't get back. We can't. Exactly. So yeah. I've lost a lot of time making mistakes. That's right. um, and but I wouldn't I don't necessarily look at everything as time loss, especially if it was a lesson and you learned. Mm-hmm. Because we all know we get second chances. That's and right. I do believe in second chances. But you're chances. older at your second chance. Well, yeah, I'm way old. I'm mm-hmm. real old. <laughs> I, I don't have too many second chances left. Right. That's all right. So that's why this time I'm going to make sure that I consciously, and this is so funny because I was th- I was talking about this earlier today, and, you know, it's church rhetoric, but, you know, they say if he did it before, he can do it again. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right? And sometimes we get stressed out over things that we already know he's going to handle. That's right. You know, so I'm learning now that I don't get stressed out. I don't, I'm, I literally don't get, I don't let life overwhelm me anymore. That's right. Because I already know the final outcome. 
So I believe That's if great. it was a lesson that was all that you're learning, I believe just chalk it up as lesson learned. You know, I don't care if it took you 60 years because it's people that are way older than all of us that's mm-hmm. still learning dumb lessons. That's it. You know, it, it was a song by Deborah Cox and Whitney Houston. It was called Same Script. Same Different Script. Cast. Different Cast. Ooh. Different Cast. And I think that, that that hits on what you were saying, that sometimes we keep making the same thing. It might The cast might be different. Exactly. You know, but the script is the same. Exactly. And once we realize that I'm the one that's starring in this mm-hmm. and I take responsibility for yeah. my mm-hmm. choices. That's when you can move forward. And that's when you exactly. can move forward. And you mm-hmm. do, like you said, you learn from you it. You do learn you from know, it. And and so then you realize that everything that happens to you really was meant to weave who you are to become. Exactly. You just have to use it. Like the five heartbeats say, use everything we got. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got to use it all. And you can't have a pity party. You can't get stuck. Right. You got to use it and you got to move with it. Mm-hmm. And that's funny because even we, you that was one of the questions you asked the guests. And you say, why do everyone get stuck in the calls? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that a lot of people do. You know, you have you have a situation that has happened to you, mm-hmm. you know, growing up or, you know, have legal issues. As long as you don't get stuck there and chalk it up as lesson learned, I don't think it's wasted time if you've learned the lesson. That's right. Yes. That's, that's okay. Right. Wasted time is repeating it. Now, that's wasted. That's 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 wasted time. That's right. When you're constantly repeating it and you're coming back saying, you know, I'm still trying to learn that I don't waste it five more years. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, what is the most valuable lesson you've learned from your parents? Um, from my dad, like I said earlier, to not eat starches because we have fat mm-hmm, genes mm-hmm, in the family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, the most um, important thing my dad used to always say, Ronnie and Shonda, you got to have a hustle. You know, and uh. so, and he would put his two fingers up. Now, daddy's hustle may not have always been legal, but his mm. point was you have to always have something. To fall back on. You know, they will say it in the um, financial world. You got to be able to build multiple checks. Exactly. Multiple ways of income. You got to do stuff. You got to have things to fall back on. You can't just, I don't mean being a busybody and being involved in everything, but you got to, you've got to use the talents that you've been given and do more with them than just one thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's the most valuable thing that I learned from my father. From my mother, the most valuable thing that I learned is that be confident in what you know, mm-hmm. you know, and no one can shake you from what you know. Exactly. I think for me, the most valuable lesson that I learned, my father passed when I was 19 years old, but my father is who taught me how to love. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my, my daddy had a really great heart, and I believe <laughs> I have a great heart. It just hasn't shown up yet. And sometimes, it, 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 and I think it's the person, oh, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. I don't want to <laughs> talk about that. But for my mom, I think my mom taught me focus uh, mm-hmm. because she used to tell me when I was in school. I love your mom. Mm-hmm, stop calling my mom. So uh, one thing she taught me was focus because she used to always say, all right, you keep playing on. Keep playing around with them. They're going to leave you behind. So it taught me to focus. They, I didn't get that. Did they ever leave you behind? Because Nate, you I left to, us behind yeah, in that yeah. comment. Because we <laughs> because we don't get it. You know, you can be playing around with people and they moving on. They graduating. Oh. Oh, okay. And you still playing in school. Exactly. And y'all know my mom's a preacher. Hallelujah. I and she it. preach. Now she speak myself like this. Yes. Yes, Lord, we need you, Jesus. 
I love her. Don't talk about her. But she preaches. She preaches. She's preaching. I'm going to call me so I can talk to her. She would talk you, Lord, have mercy. She'll talk. Yes, Lord. Hole in your soul. A hole right in. And if she's listening. (laughs) (laughs) We love you. I have not met you there, sister, but I know. Okay, so for me, my mother, my father, growing up in my household was a lot of things. But one thing I learned from my mother, my growing up, my friends thought that we were rich. Mm. And from the outside in, you might think that. You might think that by just looking at it. But from the inside out, my parents really have excellent work ethic. Wow. My dad worked nine to nine, seven days a week. He was a salesman. Monday through Sunday, you know, wow. seven days a week. Yeah. He went to work nine o'clock in the morning and came home at nine o'clock at night. My mother always, she's a registered nurse. She's always worked in the hospital. And then she's always had a part-time job at a nursing home as like a supervisor. So we know the value of working hard. And that's why when people say, you're always busy, I've had wonderful results. Because I know, I'm not going to brag, but at 16, I got a brand new sports car. Mm -hmm. That was my 16th birthday gift. I had a custom class ring that was $1,100. They presented to me in front of my class. Wow. The school presented to me because it was custom. Diamonds, somebody stole it. But- they gave us a wonderful life. So I know everything that I want out of life. I know how to work for it. That's right. So I don't have a problem having 150 jobs. Um, and I'm always creating naked. I, I stay busy. That's right. Because hey, my Mark. parents, yeah, I've learned from them the value of working for what you want. That's right. That's so right. That, that's really what I learned. And I, and I thank them for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, okay, so what's been on your mind lately? The thing that's been on my mind, I'm glad that you asked that, um, I would like to just talk a little bit about if we get the chance because we didn't really take on it. Go ahead. What's been on my mind is the whole Trump Obama and not the men but the women. Mm-hmm. And, what do you mean? Uh, about the speech. Okay. Do you want okay. RNC, the Republican National Convention? Uh huh. And when how do you say you say her Melania? name? Melania. Melania. Mm-hmm. When Melania spoke with her eloquence or lack thereof, <laughs> she <laughs> began to quote a lot of words, some paraphrase, but most not, mm-hmm. of Michelle Obama's speech from 2008. Mm-hmm. And my problem is that as fun as social media has been with quoting words from songs and saying that she said it, uh, besides the fact that Millie Vanilli may have been her speechwriter, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. besides all of that, you know, it's interesting to me that it's a farce and it's almost okay. It is Like okay. if it was someone else you know, in another camp, that this would have been a huge deal. This would have been the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. And and so it's it's ridiculous. And when it first came out, they denied it. They, mm-hmm. denied it. they were like, no plagiarism. It didn't happen. These are her thoughts. You know, she can speak. She doesn't have anyone talking for her. But then today we read MacGyver, I believe, yeah. mm-hmm. is the speechwriter that mm-hmm. says, well, actually, she says that Michelle Obama is her hero. Now, mm-hmm. this sounds like Olivia Pope is in this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Somebody's mm-hmm. fixing something. Yeah. You know? Trying to fix Trying it. to fix something. Yeah. And why is it okay? So, I mean, it's, it's been bothering me. We talked about earlier, do you keep your cool? This is not something I can keep my cool about. Because if Hillary Clinton, not saying whether I am or am not a, a supporter, mm-hmm. or if President Obama did anything similar to this, he would be under fire. And, and you know he did. Yeah. He Who did. did? President Obama, he, but when but he, he used mentioned it, who he, he was, mentioned it, who and he, he was quoting, and it was so funny because the same guy um, that we was we was talking about earlier that Tamron was talk that was she was speaking with, mm-hmm. um, 
he mentioned that. Yeah. And he was like, absolutely, he stole his words. And she was like, but he said that he did. She said, so do you not believe that she took her words? No, this is a play on words. Yes, yes. Mm. You know, but you know what I believe? I believe it's a publicity stunt. I agree. I agree because to get people talking more about Trump, because this is so crazy. uh, And I fuss about this. I know we don't have much time Mm-mm. about my rants, Mm-mm. but I fuss about this because people sometimes get to the po- when you don't know what you're, what's going on. That's right. You would get to the polls and you will vote who you heard last on the commercial. That's it. That's it. And 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 that's why Tamron's uh, point was so the way she handled it. It really puts a nail in this coffin because you got to be quick. You got to be precise, and you got to let people know what real information is. Exactly. Because all of this tomfoolery, all of these shades they're putting down, all it is is a spectacle and a publicity stunt, especially when Trump says, I'm not going to fire them. Everyone deserves exactly. second chance. You're the Trump, man known for firing people. Exactly. You're fired. You're so a that fire. lets you know that this was just one, another stunt uh, up their sleeve. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. G- good concern. Well, you know, I, I thank you for that. Good concern. Well, okay, my final question for you is, I know that I'm sure you have a lot of goals. I do. And I know, Nathan, you have a lot of goals mm-hmm. still. And Nikki, you have a lot. <laughs> but my question to you, because I know you, you've probably thought about the things you need to do and you're weighing different options. If not now, when? If to not. reaching your goals. If, if, if not now, when? It's now. It, it's mm-hmm. not. It's not a. Um, the wind would be, uh, however it falls. You know, it's keeping moving. Like I have a list. Just last night, I wrote down this. Would this is this is what I visualize. What's going to happen within uh, the next two weeks to the next year? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. These are the things that I visualize that will happen from the next five years, from one year to five years. And what happens is that, in 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 the words of, of Nate, not trying to get too churchy. But the word says that we perish when we don't have a vision and we have lack of knowledge. And when we have a vision, you write it out there, you visualize that thing. Most times it happens before the wind. It Mm -hmm. happens sooner than that because you'll find yourself being active. And like we said before, you will attract the synthesis. You'll attract Mm -hmm. what you are putting out there, you know. And, And one of my goals has always been, just specifically talking about today, is to be on a radio show. But to have a radio show, be on a show constantly. Mm-hmm. And I begin believe that this is the beginning of that, mm-hmm. of exactly. me putting that out there, whether it's more co-hosting opportunities mm-hmm. or something else opens. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that the, the when is, when are you going to be serious mm-hmm. to put your feet on the ground and move for your goals? Mm-hmm. Not saying I believe that I'm going to have this degree in 2019. Right. The when is, when are you ready to put your goals on the line and do it? Exactly. But you're in forward motion. But you're in forward motion. And I I believe that's the now part of it. That's it. You know, moving ahead, even with you and everything that you're going, that you are experiencing in your growth to become who God has for you. And that's your, that's your now. And when it's going to happen. Yeah. As long as you're doing now, when is going to happen. That's right. Because you're afraid of when. No, I'm not afraid I'm of when. Not. I'm not because there's there's. I'm a, anticipating. That's it. I'm anticipating because I believe we look at life in chronos, mm-hmm. and 
You know, um, I'm a believer of God, obviously, and God looks at things in Kairos. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, oh that, shoot, she about to preach. I'm, I'm, you I'm know, just to, a little bit. I'm about to get on the floor, y'all. And, and so what happens is, Kronos <laughs> is a timeline that we can measure. Uh -huh. Kairos is a timeline that He measures. Mm. And when Kronos and Kairos matches up, that's our destiny. Exactly. And because He doesn't work in Kronos, I can't put a time on it. So I'm ready whenever that Kairos touches my Kronos, so that I can move forward in what God has destined me to do. It's exactly. called what? Kairos. Uh, I'm going to name my when baby. When I tell you about to mess this sermon up. When I tell you he about to mess this sermon up. <laughs> come on now. Come on. Come on. Lord, it's not going to be the Whatever. same. Whatever. Whatever. It's not going to be the you same. You know what? With me, you asked me a question the other day when you were thinking about an opportunity. You said, um, what did you ask? You remember you said, are you afraid? Are you afraid to leave where you are at now? The hair business. Exactly. And I answered you really quickly. I was like, no, I'm not, because I was frustrated. But I thought about it a lot, and I'm really approaching. I graduate from ODU next May. I'll have my degree in communications. I have this big dream of where I want to be, but the actuality is I will be leaving a business that I've been in for 21 years. Wow. That has given me everything that I have. I will be leaving it. That's right. To start over again. Exactly. At XX years old, and I'm going to say that. I know a lot of people say don't think about that, but going into a field, number one, that most Young people That's right. are rushing into. Exactly. Especially from the beginning. I'll be starting where they're starting That's at right. a bachelor. No experience, pretty much, except for this. Um, and it's kind of scary. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm at that place now where I'm. But let me tell you one thing I love about God. What? Because he's built character in you. And you have a, you have a presence and a personality that I believe that always will put you a step ahead of even if you're starting out. Something about you is going to look different. That's right. That's right. You know, you can be, we can be starting out together, but something about me just, I mean, just look at Oprah. Oprah was on the TV station mm -hmm. and her best friend, Gail, was the producer. That's right. But something about Oprah stood out. We got to give that girl her own show. And, and she may don't have a lot of hair on the side. She don't. You know, she got whispers, too. <laughs> mm -hmm. She don't have a lot of hair on the side. And, you know, she got a little metal. She do. She didn't, she didn't push away, but. But. They saw something in her. That's yeah. right. And I believe that's what greatness is. It's just like you were saying. It's when opportunity meets, what's the word? It's when preparation, preparation meets, meets, meets opportunity. opportunity. That's right. And I believe God has been preparing us Ooh. for the preach. opportunities that preach, he has preach, yeah. for so us. So it's, it's no Break coincidence it that we're here today it's no talking it's about not. this. Right. It's not. And, and, and that's the thing. You know, here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with fear. You know, exactly. nothing wrong with anxiety. Exactly. The, the thing is, is that you have to let that be the fuel to the fire that's underneath your feet. And mm -hmm. you've got to make it happen. Right. Because when you realize that fear should not do anything but motivate you to move. Mm -hmm. You know, some people say that fear is the opposite of faith, but I disagree. You know, I believe that fear is what drives you to hold on to the very thing that you can't exactly. see, which is faith. And you know that God has called you to this. Mm -hmm. And whatever your this is, God has called you to Exactly. It. And so you got to move in it and you mm. got to have confidence in it. And I just believe that if you didn't fear it, then it's not for you. It's not. Every time I go up and do a comedy show, my stomach is a knot. Let you me understand tell you, me? When I sing, because this you is have me right me. here. <laughs> yeah. I'm singing and I'm like, why am I shaking? That's it. But then I was told because you're ministering, so you want to make sure it's not you. That's it. Same thing when I preach, you know, 
I mean, I'm sweating like an old hog, you <laughs> yes. know. I got sh- little shields on, all of that stuff, you know. And I'm like, oh, bear with me, church. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I won't be before you long, man, because I'm going to throw up. <laughs> but it, it's, it's that thing because the moment you sit that thing aside. Exactly. You have now entered into the place of arrogance. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, the, it's yourself. It's yourself. You're it's relying no on yourself. Gifting. Exactly. It's no longer your ministry. Exactly. It's no longer the thing that serves people and helps. Because here's the thing. Everything that we do, we'll be lying if we didn't get some kind of service out of mm-hmm. ourselves. It's going to be a little self-serving. But nothing we do goes far in life if it's not doing something for someone else. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Oprah. Look how far she's gone. Exactly. Because her life is about serving other people. Yeah. Exactly. So. Well, thank you. I say go for it, but before you do, listen, I need to get my hair done. Okay. I've been looking well, for Well, I want to thank you so much for coming <laughs> on our show tonight. Because <laughs> I don't know what's up under that wrap. What's up under that wrap, I know we can talk baby? about it. Listen, mm-hmm. long story short, I had locks for like eight years. Then mm-hmm. I stopped the locks, cut them out. Had to Florida Evans for a little bit. Uh-huh. Grew that out. Got a relaxer. Loved it, but it didn't love me. Uh-huh. And my hair fell out. And um, and so now I'm in the aftermath, and I cut it a little bit. And I saw this Jill Scott cut that I oh. think my hair can work. It's kind of like a fade. Like, she kept the length on the top, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit in the back, but not shaved. Mm-hmm. I have a big hair, but I think I can pull it off. Okay, we're, ta- we're talking yeah, about Yeah, I've never had we're short hair, so, you know, 36 is the new me. Mm-hmm. I can see you with short hair. Okay. I can see that. Okay. Well, I want to thank both of you for coming on. Next week, I'm really excited about next week. We have uh, Mr. Mike Vinny, who um, he travels all over the world. He just He's done a TED Talk and everything on mental illness. Um, he's going to come talk to us. Also, Reggie Patton, um, he wrote a book called Get Out of Your Dumpster, Overcoming Your Own Limitations. Um, so he's, And we also have Mr. Perry O'Neill, who's coming to us from my Toastmasters um, right here in the Virginia Beach Club that I attend. And he's going to talk to you about the benefits of Toastmasters. And also, um, we're trying to start a chapter here on ODU. Um, yeah. I want to thank both. I, right now, I don't have a co-host for that. So, I know Nate works, but I would love to if you two. Oh, oh, I do. Oh, okay. I don't see it. I don't see it here on my calendar. Ronald Young. Okay. It was from under my date. Oh, from the rules. Oh, the rules is That's turning right. up. That's it. That show is off the hook. It is. We everywhere. Everybody that has been on the show has really rocked it. I want to thank you for okay. coming on. And thank you, Nate, for coming on. Now I will continue to talk about you. I'm and sure Cole. you will. I'm sure you yeah. will. And my <laughs> attorney will continue to sing you letters. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, until next weekend, I want all y'all to be blessed and everybody listening be blessed. And we'll see you next week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.
Benefit from no ATM fees nationwide with a Columbia Bank Advantage Plus checking account. Use any ATM anywhere nationwide for total convenience. Make any ATM your ATM. For Advantage Plus checking, receive credit up to 10 surcharges or $30 per statement cycle, whichever is less at domestic ATMs not owned by us at charge of transaction surcharge. Maximum rebate of $360 for 12 statement cycles. All offers are subject to be withdrawn at any time. Member FDIC, count on Columbia. What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multipurpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multipurpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In-store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. 